you can build an impressive short-term rental business from the ground up with a little help from John and Jeanette. These successful Airbnb and Verbo hosts have experienced and documented the blood, sweat, and tears it can take to really stand out from the pack. Welcome to Stand Out. Hey, everybody. It's John. And Jeanette. And today we're going to talk about furnishing your short-term Airbnb or Verbo property and all the things that goes into that, lots of tips and tricks that we learned, things we wish we had heard on a podcast before we made some of our decisions. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your audience and what you're trying to do in the first place. We're going to talk a little pricing. Uh, we're going to talk about style. We're not interior designers, but we, we've learned a lot through this process, and, uh, and a lot of this is just more factual than, it is, than subjective style type things. We're going to talk about what kind of furniture we need in each of these rooms, and Jeanette's going to walk us through room by room uh, what type of things that you might want to consider when you're, when you're making that list for your furniture. We're going to talk about where to buy it, and then we kind of wrap up with protecting your investment, and then I'm going to do a kind of a deep dive on a, on a resource that we'll talk more about as we go. You know, when you're, when you're furnishing an Airbnb, you really need to start with the experience. What are you... What are you hoping to offer your guests that's different than others? What is going on in your area of the country where you live? You know, just as an example, if your short-term rentals in San Francisco, it's probably a very different experience for your user or your guest than if you're building a log cabin up in the Rocky Mountains. So when you're furnishing that Airbnb, it's not the same in those type of properties. And frankly, something you'll hear over and over again in this podcast, it's really nothing like furnishing your own house. True. So to start out, the first question you would want to ask yourself is, who are your ideal guests? Um, are these families? Are these professionals? Are they young couples? Are you catering to wedding parties? So figure out who your target guests are. Yeah. And even like, is your area you know, prone to conventions coming to town, or is there a music venue nearby? It's, it's you know, the type of guest and the kind of things that they're going to be doing. You really do need to think that through when you're kind of guiding how you're going to furnish your home. Okay, next, uh, you want to think about the number of guests that you want to accommodate and make sure you have uh, enough furniture to accommodate them. Yeah, I mean, if you say it holds eight people, you better have eight beds and a few other things we'll talk about in a minute, right? All right. So beyond your like perfect guest and your count of guests, you really should take a look at your market itself and understand the average daily rate or the ADR because, you know, again, if you're in downtown San Francisco, you probably have a much higher daily rate than you do if you're in some small town in Alabama. And if you're in the small town in Alabama, what are you doing at Restoration Hardware outfitting your home? when it's $199 a night, if that makes any sense. So, um, you know, most bad reviews are all about kind of a swing and a miss on what the guest's expectations are. So if you're shopping at Ashley Furniture or Rooms to Go for your $900 a night penthouse in San Francisco, you're going to let some people down. And you might kind of have the kind of opposite but equal reaction if you're in that small residential home in Alabama and you've got super expensive foo-foo furniture that nobody feels comfortable sitting on. Yeah, if you have, uh, if your guests are going to be, you know, a lot of kids, um, then you want, you don't want it to be too luxurious and fancy. You want something more comfortable and kid friendly. So what about the size of the space? How does that affect your furnishing? 
Yes. So, so important that you choose the right size of furniture. Um, You don't want to overcrowd your space and you also don't want to have tiny little pieces of furniture in a huge room, you know, so it's all about scale. Uh, And so keep that in mind. Uh, Make sure you measure your space and measure the furniture you plan to buy and make sure it's all going to fit. I mean, we did a whole grid foot one foot equals one square or whatever Jeanette you're the civil engineer but we really laid it all out moved it around cut out the pieces just to make sure that in our case that it would actually fit in the doors because uh, it's a houseboat but also just that it would fit in the space and people aren't tripping on things and things like that oh absolutely when you're in a furniture store and you see everything kind of laid out it looks so perfect and it looks like oh that'll work but then when you actually put it down on paper it may not and we actually almost bought a sofa and chairs uh that wouldn't fit and we went home and measured and it was not going to fit so measure 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 that would have been a disaster yeah so you know think about the purpose of the space as well when you're when you're looking at furnishings if it's a tv room you know, you need something comfortable for people to sit on. You're going to need a TV. Put that on your list. Um, if you if the sofa has a pull-out bed, make sure that the coffee table it doesn't weigh 800 pounds and you can't move it or your cleaners can't move it or the people, the guests can't move it. That would be a huge mess. Well, and, and also you have to move it somewhere. So when you move the table, make sure you have a place to put it. Think about if it was you staying there, how would you do it? And in fact, what I did is I actually went through the motions of pulling the bed out, moving the furniture, and making sure it all made sense. So let's also talk about the appearance of your furniture. And as weird as that sounds, obviously you want comfortable furniture and functional furniture, but the, how it looks in your pictures and your listing is going to be super important. And I know for us, it, it uh, that actually drove some of the decisions. It might be that that one special piece that might be a little bit wilder than you thought you were going to do, but it you know how good that's going to look in the pictures and it's going to make people want to stay at your place because they, they like your style. They think it's cool. Yeah. Make it interesting. I mean, if you're only staying at a place for a weekend or a week, I mean, you can, you can go a little bit crazier. You can make it a little more interesting. Um, so you can have a little bit more fun with your rental than you might at home. So that's a great segue to the fact that when you're furnishing an STR, when you're furnishing your Airbnb or Verbo property, it's not for you, people. I hate to tell you, you are furnishing that home for somebody else. So, and learn this from us and take it to heart. Again, you're not furnishing your own space. So just because you love like some heavy marble top on your coffee table, it looks cool, matches your home. I talked a minute ago, if you can't move it to pull the couch out, that's a huge mess, right? when somebody puts their wine glass down with a ring on it and it soaks right into the marble and ruins it, uh, you're going to really wish you didn't get that. You're right. It's not your home. So what you want to be thinking about is what's the market doing? Um, what's really hot in design right now? Um, where can you save money and where should you spend a little extra? Um, you really need to understand um, how your f- furniture needs to function as a vacation rental, not as a home necessarily, but for vacation. Okay. So uh, let me tell you something that's not a vacation and that is creating a budget for all this stuff. So, hey, Jeanette, why don't you kind of walk us through how you approach the budgeting for this since we've never done it before? Yes. So I am really big into spreadsheets. So I was faced with 
furnishing an entire house. So I decided to go room by room and figure out what pieces do I need. So I started a spreadsheet and for each room I listed what piece of furniture I needed, say a bed, what size, how much I was going to budget for it, and then how much it actually costs. I even had a column for where I bought it and a column for when it was going to be delivered. And all of that was put in a spreadsheet, and I still have it today, and it's been a really nice resource. Yeah, and you even, maybe you just said this, but you, you created a how much you think it's going to cost and then how much it did cost. So we actually had at the end of this whole process a comparison of how do we do, which was really, really pretty darn good, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, we, you know, we didn't know how much it was going to cost to furnish the whole place. So you really do have to list everything out. So say for the bedroom, we have the bed, we have the side tables, we have bedding, and we have window coverings. I had everything listed out. and Dresser, TV. And with estimated costs, right? And so I did that for every single room. And then I could just look at the bottom line and say, oh, okay, it's going to cost this much about this much to furnish the entire houseboat. And then I tried to come up with ways that I could save here. If I spent more here, I'd try to spend less there. Uh, But it was a really nice place to start. So I highly recommend you put it all into a spreadsheet and organize your thoughts. Also, one thing, another column that I added was dimensions. So let's say I need a couch for this room. I put in the dimensions that I needed. And So that was helpful when I was shopping. I could look and say, oh, okay, is this long enough? Is it too long? Is it too short? Is it too deep? Um, So it was just a nice way to organize all of the information in one place. I mean, it was quite a process. I saw Jeanette spend hours and hours on this thing. But, you know, comparing that work to a couch that doesn't fit through the front door, uh, it's, it's a good investment in time. It is. And, you know, we it was a small space that we were working with, so we had to be extra careful. Um, and some people, they hire somebody to do it for them. I mean, there are designers out there that, you know, this is their job. Uh, I did it myself, so um, I, it probably took me a little longer than a, a real professional designer would. Well, and how many people are, how many people start designing an entire home that has nothing in it all the way through a home with everything in it? Yeah, so we we were starting from scratch, which is good and bad. So uh, we had lots of time. Uh, It took a while for the houseboat to get constructed. So we had a lot of time to work with, which was nice. Okay, so everyone's dying to know how much did we spend? Well, okay, so I estimated it would be about $28,000 to $30,000. And that's exactly the range we hit. So we, we pretty much stayed on budget. But that included everything. I'm talking TVs, dishes, linens, curtains, everything. Vacuum cleaners, brooms, etc. Yeah, because I had it all listed in my spreadsheet. It's a thing of beauty. Maybe we'll share that spreadsheet at some point with uh, with our adoring fans, Jeanette. How's that sound? <laughs> well, we'll see. So let's transition now to the the style and the look of the property, which is what everybody is probably listening to this podcast to hear in the first place. You know... Really got to think about, you know, what is that look you want to express? What do you want your guests to experience? And we talked about that immersive experience. What do you want them to experience when they stay at your short-term rental, Verbo, or Airbnb property? What we're seeing right now, we're seeing a lot of folks doing kind of this modern, almost madmen feel, uh, super clean, minimalist. 
which is great. Uh, so you don't, you know, have too much stuff in there. Uh, we're also seeing a fair amount of uh, this kind of modern farmhouse that Chip and Joanna Gaines have made really popular. Yeah, I would say make sure that it speaks to where you are. So if it's a beach house, it should still feel like a beach house. And if you're in the mountains, you should feel like you're in the mountains. Um, but definitely don't just stuff it full of stuff. I mean, if it's a beach house, don't buy every single beach sign and tchotchke that you can find and put it on the wall or on every tabletop. You want to leave room for your guests to live in it, to put their things. We've actually been told by some guests like, hey, thank you for not, I mean, we're literally, our home is on top of the water in a beach town. And, you know, every square inch is not covered by an octopus or a starfish or whatever. And we've had people actually, you know, comment on, hey, thanks for the restraint. Thanks for the editing that you did in not overdoing the beach theme in this house. Yeah. And the more stuff you have, the more you have to clean, the more that collects dust. So make it a comfortable, clean, chic space, but not too overcrowded. Uh, sometimes I think people like to hear, Jeanette, from our comments that uh, places we've stayed and things we've learned from that. So let's talk a little bit about the Florida, kind of the modern home. It fits with what I just talked about. It was super modern, very like Miami Vice kind of kind of thing. Yeah, it had uh, some really cool furniture in there and it had some really fun, funky artwork, which caught our eye and we thought, well, that would be kind of a fun, interesting place to stay. Of course, when we walked in, they had all the cool furniture covered with plastic and uh, and the couch was covered in some weird quilt and it didn't quite look like the pictures. So, And that's for another yeah. podcast about actually matching your listing. What about the Colorado home? We talked a l- little bit about this home before. You know, what, what was the design ex- aesthetic in, in the Colorado Springs home? Super cool. That was kind of like, uh, was a brand new kitchen with everything you could imagine. It had open shelving so you could see all the plates and the bowls and all everything was there to find. And it was really this pretty modern uh, design. Um, it was just, it was breathtaking. It was that that home to me was the modern farmhouse, Chip and Joanna, right? Lots of yeah. lots of uh, clapboard and uh, shelves for upper cabinets and and a whole bunch of other stuff. We're going to talk about in some other episodes too. The thrill of abundance, I think that really really sang home there. Oh, there was like uh, four or five different ways to make coffee, so that was really big for our family because we're huge coffee drinkers. So that was just an added treat. So I'm going to go out way out on a limb here, and we've never done this on the podcast before, but I'm going to uh, tell you a website where you can actually see our houseboat, and then I'm going to ask Jeanette right after that to describe how we've decorated our and designed our houseboat. So if you go to staydockside.com, that's our website for our houseboat, and you can see probably for the first time if you've been following along. Uh, the houseboat that we talk about all the time and see pictures and how we did it. Yeah, so we are not designers. I am a civil engineer by trade, so definitely not It's a the opposite designer. of a designer. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, basically, our approach was we found a piece of art that was going to be the first thing that we saw when we walked in the door. So that helped us come up with a color scheme. Um, And then we needed to think about function of this furniture. So we have a small space. So we decided to 
pull everything up off the floor. So the chairs and the sofa were up on legs. So that allows you to see all the way through, all the way underneath to the floorboards. So it makes it look bigger. Um, also, we decided to go with swivel chairs so that they could swivel to the uh, living area, but then also turn and be able to see the TV in the kitchen area. So we thought a little bit about function and we w stayed away from the glider chairs because as you can imagine, the houseboat moves a little bit. So imagine you're rocking, you're swiveling and you're gliding too much. So no glider chairs for that, for that living area. We had to take the the function even further. I mean, every, everything from lighting and how we hung the pictures, because our home moves, you can imagine that uh, the last thing somebody wants to be doing is enjoying a evening reading a book and the light over their head is swinging around their head. Yeah, yeah. So all of our lighting is fixed, so it won't sway and move with the waves. So little things like that, um, you want to give a little bit of thought to. I think too, from a design standpoint, Jeanette, that, that you know, take that time, go on house, go on Zillow, whatever, and see what people are doing around you. Because, you know, what better place to get some design ideas than looking at successful Airbnb and Verbo properties that are, are nearby you uh, to just understand, you know, who's your competition? What are they doing? What are the style? Are they doing modern? Are they doing modern farmhouse? Is there something else going on with the whole beach chic thing you described earlier? Um, I think, you know, what a great resource rather than sitting in a dark room and coming up with your own design on your own. Yeah, and if you are doing this on your own, a, a big thing is dimensions. Measure everything, measure your room, and then measure your furniture, make sure that everything's gonna fit. And you, you wanna make sure you have room to put your feet between the sofa and the coffee table. How high is the coffee table? Is it a foot high? Is it two feet high? Um, these things are hard to imagine when you're looking at them on a picture online. So uh, have that measuring tape with you and, and look at it, you know, get an idea scale wise how is this going to look how is this going to feel can i put my feet up on the table um there's just a lot of little details and and the and the more detailed you are the more happy you will be with what ends up being delivered to your door so speaking of function let's take this a little further so we talked earlier about how many guests are you targeting at your property so you can imagine you know the 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 line between a love seat and a couch and a sectional that's going to drive some of those things you know I, i'm actually i'm actually surprised sometimes when we stay at an str property um and you know they have bunk beds that hold 20 people or whatever you know to me um, that, that's just inviting, you know, that frat boy, uh, sorry, uh, to fraternities everywhere, but that, that invites this frat party at my house. That's really not what I'm targeting. Well, I mean, if they say it can hold 20 people, then they better have the bunk beds to allow 20 people to stay. So if you don't want to have big parties at your house, don't have 20 beds. This is true. But all that to say, like plan that out ahead of time, make sure you know what your target is and then furnish accordingly to your target, right? Yeah. And I mean, if you, if you have, say, six people um, target for your place, make sure like your TV room has a couch and chairs for at least six people to sit and watch TV and everybody be able to see the TV. So think about that. Think about how many people you imagine in your home. Make sure there's a dining table that can hold everyone. 
Um, just little things like that will make a big difference. Even outside, if you have, if you say it's for six people and you have one chair in the backyard, that's probably not the best guest experience you've ever offered as well. One other thing I would just say about the the thing about the feet being up, and not only does that help our space look bigger, and you can you can see all the way to the baseboards and all that kind of stuff. The cleaners love it because they can vacuum under it. Nobody's moving couches. Nobody use, is moving chairs. And, you know, quite frankly, this is a real thing we'll talk about in future podcasts. People drop their phone, people drop their belt, people drop their book, and it falls under the couch or under the chair, and it's lost forever until your cleaners find it two months later. It's super nice to have that, that kind of clarity of eyesight for our guests. It is. And we, we got glass tables. Um, the idea being it would just make it look bigger. It wouldn't take as much room. And um, I have a love-hate relationship with glass tables. I would say um, they they do make the room look bigger, but they all also are harder to clean. So just keep that in mind um, when you're making your decisions. Okay. We've st- we've talking style and dimensions. Half of our audience right now, Jeanette, is like, hey, I get it. Fast forward, half our audience is like, I'm not a designer. What the heck am I supposed to do? Yeah, we're not designers either. Uh, we took a lot of inspiration from resources online. Uh, House was, uh, they have so many ideas. The pictures are, oh, they have so many pictures and with different color schemes and styles. And they even give information on where you can buy the furniture and things like that. So check it out. Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually going to hit Howl's a little bit harder right at the very end of this podcast. You know, I, I guess what I would describe that you created, Jeanette, I'll just call you out here a little bit, is you created this very neutral palette and then somehow you brought color into it. Why don't you talk about that? Well, like I talked about earlier, we picked that picture and it had some cool colors in there. So um, we went with sort of a, a gray, uh, it was kind of a gray as being kind of our base color. So we have gray cabinets in the kitchen. We have um, light gray walls. Um, we picked a gray sofa and gray chairs and then everything else um, you can add the color with. So with pillows, rugs, throws and tchotchkes not too many tchotchkes, but um, just a few little things like that. You can add pops of color. Yeah, I mean, we have, there's metal and chrome and some of that stuff that kind of comes through. Yeah, we chose chrome as kind of our our metal color. So I like to kind of stick with one. So uh, so for example, our bar stool legs are chrome. Our um, The legs on our kitchen table are chrome. Um, so we tried to put chrome kind of all throughout the house to kind of bring it all together. But um, we also wanted to add a little warmth, so we included wood items as well, and that just brings warmth to the space. So try to find a nice balance. So you have a little bit of color, but you you know you have a nice base color that's gray, very neutral. Um, and then I always like to have touches of wood because it does add that that warmth. And then I mean I I went nuts because some of the technology that we'll talk about in a future podcast. I mean I have I have yellow studio speakers in the upstairs living area because it fit with the color scheme. I bought the brand and the style and the model because they were yellow. I mean that's crazy, but it just drove that home. We have a yellow neon sign that says relax on it that you can see for a mile and I'm not exaggerating from our houseboat that it's why is it yellow? Because that's the color scheme that we went with. And and for me that was fun and it's a great way to just drive that home. However, 
if I take the neon sign out, I take some of the other, you know, Chotsky-ish stuff out, if that's a word, and pull out some of the artwork and things like that, it's a very, very neutral base, as Jeanette said. So if two years from now, we want to change our color scheme. Well, then it's easy to just add a few different pillows and throws and a few pieces of artwork and you've got a new design. So let's talk a minute about what furniture you actually need in your Verbo Airbnb property. Obviously, the first part's pretty obvious. Uh, you need at least one bed or you're not probably getting on Airbnb's website. Um, but, you know, remember that the property that you are listing on Airbnb and Verbo should maximize your available spaces. And every bedroom should have at least one bed. Living and dining rooms should have plenty of comfortable seating, as Jeanette mentioned earlier, enough to handle the number of people that you say should stay there. And you should have clean, you know, safe seating so people can enjoy their stay in your home. Yeah. So let's say for the bedroom, um, you want a bed with a headboard, preferably. And you want to make sure that this bed is sturdy. Uh, when, when you buy a bed, many times they will, the company that you buy it from will deliver it and install it for you. Now, they just do the minimum. So make sure that the frame is constructed well and that it's um, sturdy and make sure that the headboard is connected to the wall. Next, make sure you have a comfortable mattress, um, eight inches minimum. Uh, we chose a medium firm bed um, that was recommended. I Googled it online and that was recommended for Verbos. Um, you know, and when we tried it out, and by the way, you should try them out, make sure that you like them. We tried it out. We weren't real thrilled. We thought it was a little too firm. So I added this two inch Tempur-Pedic topper and it made it perfect. And we've gotten lots of compliments on that. So check those out. Um, so anyway, so now you've got your bed, you've got your headboard, you've got your uh, mattress. Um, make sure that you have bedside tables. Have you ever stayed in a room without a bedside table? It's so annoying. You need to have a place to put your glass of water, your book, your glasses, and a lamp. So make sure you have lamps that are easy to turn on. Um, and what we added, which um, we've also gotten compliments on, is charging stations right there. So you can plug your phone in um, and have it right there, right next to the bed. There's these nice little um, cables that you can put in there. Um, some lamps you can buy that already have them built in. So check those out. We also added a dresser in, in the bigger room. That's so nice to have when you're traveling. You can unpack your suitcase and have a place for your things. If you don't have room for a dresser, make sure you have some shelves in your closet so that people can unpack some of their things um, to make it more comfortable. Another thing that I have found that is not in rooms that I, I really miss is a full-length mirror. It's not that expensive and it's really easy to add. You, if you don't have wall space, you can just put it on the back of the door. Um, but that's just a really nice little thing you can add for not a big price. I mean, people are coming to stay at this property and they've got their new jeans and their new sports coat or blouse or whatever they want to go out for dinner on and they can't even see themselves. Yeah, it's so easy to do. So do it. 
Uh, let's see, what else? Okay, so area rugs, that's another nice way to add color, design, and also softness to your room. Uh, and I chose to use outdoor rugs, which um, are much easier to clean and um, very durable. One other plug on the on the nightstand and the cables, just, just to circle back to that, before we put those in, every single time we came after a stay, you could tell that they had moved the nightstand or even the bed somehow to try to get to the to the plug back there. So that has completely gone away since we put those charging cables up there. Yeah, and it's such an easy ad. So delight your guests by just thinking of everything ahead of time. Let's talk about the living room. So in the living room, obviously you want to have a nice seating area for everyone that you expect to be staying at your home. So we have six people, so you better have seating for six. Um, and make sure it's comfortable, but you know, make sure it's also durable. There are fabrics that you can order that are high performance. They're, they are easy to clean, they hold their shape, and they should last a lot longer. If you, if you plan to have a sofa bed, make sure that it's easily accessed um, and look at your situation with the tables in front of the couch. So if you're going to open up the bed, where are you going to put the tables? Can you move the tables? Where are you going to move them to? Make sure that there is some place to put them. Make sure that the tables aren't too heavy. We went with two ottomans. Um, so they were easily moved and stored while the bed was pulled out. Um, side tables, you want to make sure that you have side tables on either side of your sofa so people can put their drinks down, so you can have a place for a lamp. Um, make sure you have a TV. People want to watch TV. Um, you don't have to have them in every room, but uh, make sure that um, if you say you're providing a TV, that they are there and that they can find the remote. Um, we'll talk about smart TVs probably in another podcast because uh, there's some things to say about that. Area rugs, we talked about that earlier for bedrooms. They are nice for sound. Um, they add softness. They can add a pop of color. So have fun with that. How about, uh, how about for the dining area? In the dining area, it's important to make sure you have enough space for all of your guests to sit and have a meal. So um, make sure you have um, a table that's big enough. Um, chairs, if you have a small space, make sure the chairs can, can be pushed in. Uh, what we did with our chairs, uh, we used the same chairs for our dining chair as we did for our desk chair. So it it's just makes it a little bit more um, versatile. So if they wanted to add another chair around the dining table, they could use the one from the desk. Oh, you're so you're so nice. We also did it because when little Billy jumps on the kitchen chair and rips it, when next time we come, we just swap the desk chair out for the kitchen chair. And now we can get a one-off chair for the desk and everybody's good and we're ready for our back-to-back -back, uh, rental. Yeah, and, and choose a chair that's easy to clean, easy to wipe off, because that is a place that will get a lot of dirt and wear and tear. So just keep that in mind. And again, we have a patio, we have a porch overlooking the marina. Yeah, so make sure you have nice seating outside. If you have a view like we do, I mean, you want to have a space where your guests can relax, be comfortable, hang out. 
So we have a little sofa area. Make sure you have a, a, a table where they can set their drinks. And we also have like a bistro table so you can have a meal out there, which is, which is really what they've come to do. They want to be outside. Now, I'd be careful with uh, any sort of umbrella or that type of thing, just knowing that you're not there the whole time. I mean, it gets windy here in Wilmington. I can't imagine if we had to worry about a umbrella blowing away or blowing into the neighbor's house. Oh, yeah. Keep that in mind. I mean, if you're in a really windy area like we are, you know, make sure your furniture is heavy enough so it's not going to tip over. Our our table weighs a ton, so we know that's not going to tip over. We don't turn the table over when there's a hurricane coming. That I'm not kidding about that. It's so heavy. Uh, what about what about the kitchen furniture? So we chose bar stools that uh, can fit under the counter, so it doesn't take a lot of space. Uh, the kitchen island um, is another place where you can provide seating for guests. So um, it's. It's important. If you can fit some bar stools in there, definitely get them. The remote working space since COVID has been such a big uh, big deal with uh, Verbo and Airbnb short-term rental properties. What, what are we doing in the, in the desk area? Yeah, we made sure we had a nice desk. Uh, we have a nice pad of paper, some pens. Uh, we have um, an area where you can plug in your computer to charge it up um, in a nice, comfortable chair. So, and we know that that gets used a yeah. lot by our guests. And we don't, we don't have this right now, but it's something on my radar. You know, we might go ahead and put a monitor up there so somebody could put their laptop in and work for a longer period of time. But most of our guests stay two, three, four nights, so it's not quite the urgency that maybe if we had a lot of folks staying for two, three weeks at a time, um, I, what I would not do is put a computer in there for, from a security standpoint. And we'll talk, uh, we'll talk a lot of tech in a future podcast, but, um, I would not put a, a guest computer on in, in your desk area for sure. No, nah, I wouldn't do that, but make sure you have plenty of lighting. That's important. Um, and I think we'll, we should have another podcast just about lighting because there's so much to talk about when it comes to lighting. Let's talk about just the, I wrote here the for everywhere, no matter what room you're in. I mean, to your point, lighting is super important. We're going to talk about that some other time. You know, please don't put your family pictures all over your, your short-term rental. We've, We've stayed at, I won't say who it is because she might listen to this, but we've stayed at some uh, vacation properties over our, our days. And there's these pictures of people we've never seen before. We don't know who they are. It's it's not about you. It's about your guests. Don't put your family pictures up. Uh, Jeanette talked about less is more. And we really, really mean that. Just like, uh, let's talk about the house in Arizona we stayed at that time with the with the wolf and the badger heads sticking out of the wall and that was pretty funny dream catchers yeah every inch of the walls was covered under the bed was full of stuff every drawer was full of stuff um i think it was just probably somebody lived there most of the time and then just rented it out you know when they were out of town or something don't do that um people people want to feel like they can kind of move in and put their things there and not be intruding on somebody else's home. So, um, so keep that in mind. Um, plus, it's it's a lot easier to clean when you don't have a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, don't cover every wall with a picture. I mean, 
clean, simple is always going to be better. And when you can, you know, try to use local artists, local. I mean, if you're going to put tchotchkes out, let's let them be local, something that fits with your market. Don't just run to homes, home goods and buy, you know, stuff that you think looks cool. No, and you really want to highlight your town. I mean, you're proud of your town. People are spending money to travel to your town to have a vacation. So highlight it. Uh, Maybe you take a map of your city and make it look pretty and and frame it and put it on the wall. Uh, John took a, a house plan of our houseboat and made it look really cool and modern and and framed it and put it on the wall and it looks really nice and it just adds that little personal touch actually an idea i stole from one of my neighbors they went and bought we live in the cape fear region if you've seen the movie cape fear uh we live in the cape fear river that our actually houseboat is on the cape fear river right here at the beach and so we went and got books that were about the ghost of cape fear and the pirates of cape fear and the stories of cape fear and whatever and have those kind of strewn throughout the home and i can tell from activity in the houseboat people are reading these books they're they're into it it's cool yeah they're interested they're they're coming to visit your town so you know, show it, show it off a little bit. And there's, you probably have a local magazine about your town, put that on the, on the coffee table and, and teach them a little bit more about your town. So where do you turn? You've, you've got a look, you've got a budget, you've got all the rooms that Jeanette just talked us through that you've got to furnish. How do you get started? Where do you buy this stuff? I mean, you've spent weeks looking at house. You've, you found a look, you're going for whatever X look, X or Y look that you want to go for. And if you're not hiring a professional designer, you got some work ahead of you. So how do you get started? Where do you go? And, you know, we thought we'd talk through a couple of places that we, we used and we we're kind of fans of when shopping for Airbnb Verbo Furniture. There are lots of places that you can look for furniture online. Wayfair has tons of stuff. Uh, so you can Google gray couch and find all kinds of um, options. So check the dimensions, check the uh, reviews. Uh, there's... West Elm, that's a little bit higher end, but it's for smaller spaces, um, kind of modern. They have some nice things. Home goods, you you have to go in, uh, but they have lamps and small tables and pictures and things like that, bedding even. Um, Ashley Furniture, we use them for quite a few things. We bought our large sectional from there and our beds and Um, Something to keep in mind when you're shopping for furniture, if you're buying a lot of things in one place, you should be able to get a discount. So don't be afraid to ask for that. Um, And the nice thing about shopping from someplace like Ashley Furniture is they will deliver it and they will also set things up. So keep that in mind when you're shopping for furniture. If you just order a one-off sofa online, it's going to get delivered to your door, and then it's up to you to get it into your space and set it up. We talked earlier about like where you know where do you where do you push your poker chips? Where do you where do you spend the big money and where do you save? And I think at at that forty thousand foot level, we spent some money on a really cool couch. We spent some money on some nice beds. Spent some money on some of those things, and then uh, with Ashley Furniture. It was sort of backfill, backfill with the mattresses, which were actually turned out to be really great. The pullout sofa bed that we have in our upstairs loft, I mean, honestly, there was two sofas that 
that were pullouts that matched the dimensions that we needed. There was about a $1,400 Ashley furniture sofa bed, and there was a $5,000 West Elm. So again, if you followed this podcast, you can imagine we went with the Ashley furniture. And actually, it's been really great, and so far, no problem, despite my my earlier comments. So let's talk really, really quick about how you protect yourself from damages. And I can tell you it's quick because frankly, there's no way you can protect yourself from damages. People pour wine, kids have mud on their shoes, stuff's going to get damaged, stuff's going to get scratched, stuff's going to get mud on it. Uh, Our speakers are going to get poked in because I can talk about that some other time when we get to tech. It's not fun. It's going to happen. Prepare yourself. And there's things you can do to prepare. I mean, you, if you pick the high-performance materials for your furniture, they can be cleaned. Uh, you can um, there's you can have sprays on hand, stain remover sprays, and things like that. So a lot of things can be fixed. One thing that Jeanette's always said to me, and I, I agree too, is the nicer the furniture looks, the better your guests will treat it. So if you if you we haven't really talked about this, but if you outfit your home with just everything super budget, you know, uh, goodwill, everything, that's probably how people are going to take care of your place. And if you, if you, if you furnish it really nice, people are more likely to take good care of your place. Right. And I mean, you don't want it to be too fancy. If you have kids that are going to be staying there, you don't want it to be so fancy that the parents can't relax because they're afraid something's going to happen. So, you know, know your know your guests and know what their needs are going to be. Okay, so the top things to remember from this podcast. So the first is the reason for furnishing or refurnishing your Verbo Airbnb short-term rental is not for you. You are furnishing this place for your guests. Who are on vacation. Number two, you need to decide who is the ideal target market for this property and not based on your gut and all that stuff, but what you learn, what you, you know, you, you find when you're doing research on your comps, the competitive products in your market. What's the trends? What are people looking for? Number three, make a spreadsheet, get everything on there that you need. I mean, everything and just prepare yourself. It's going to change every day. Number four, set a maximum budget and hold yourself to that budget. Uh, I really mean that you're, you're in this, it's a business, stick to your budget. And number five, design it and budget it with the cleaning crew in your mind. What do they need to move? What are, what's in the way? How can they vacuum under it, et cetera? If you do these things and you take our advice from this podcast, I think you're going to have a great, great experience furnishing your short-term rental Verbo and Airbnb property. So I mentioned at the top end of this podcast that I was going to do a little bit deeper dive into hows. And just a refresher, hows is H-O-U-Z-Z.com. Hows is a collection of homes and builder uh, galleries of their homes and designer galleries of the designs they've done. But what we use it for is just a dictionary, encyclopedia, whatever you want to call it, of of on-trend, on-design trend homes, interiors, rooms within the home, uh, patios, outdoor living, the whole thing. You know, what's hot, what's getting likes on house is going to tell you a lot about what's going on in the the industry right now. 
I'm indirectly in the building industry, and so I spend a fair amount of my time at, uh, uh, you know, the builder show, the kitchen and bath show, things like that. My clients are uh, are in that space, and so I, I, I get to see a lot of this stuff, and I still use house to make sure I'm kind of kept up with what's going on, and Jeanette does the same thing. If you have been living in your home for 10, 15 years, and you really haven't been out looking for new homes or hiring interior designers for anything, strongly recommend that you spend the time for the refresher course, uh, go to house, uh, click around, look at some of the rooms, look at the lighting that people are using, look at the finishes for the countertops, look at the paint colors, the cabinet colors. You can also filter on house by region of the country, uh, either your zip code or the region. You can filter by the room. So if you just want to focus on the on the uh, living room today, you can you can really filter it by that. It's a little bit like Pinterest if you've spent some time in that tool. But Pinterest has so many other categories. House is just housing and just homes. And most of what's on there is not uh, people like you and me taking pictures on their phones, sharing them like they might be on Pinterest. This is professional photography. And in in most cases, uh, there's little tags next to some of the items in the photography that will tell you what it is and where you can buy it. So if you see a light in the kitchen that you love and there's a tag hanging off it, it'll show you right there how to how to find that. Uh, all the way through furniture and rugs and artwork and cabinetry, uh, you name it. Even paint colors are specked out in most cases on house. So check it out. That's your tip uh, from this week's Standout Podcast, and we'll see you next time.